Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you back to the Comfort Zone. My name is Joe Barksdale. I will be your host. Today we have a guest. So as you guys know, I usually just do the feelings wheel and then get to the guest. This is a, um, the Comfort Zone is a mental health podcast um, that looks at mental health through the lenses of music, comedy, and sports. Um, from now on, I'm going to start saying arts and entertainment because it's shorter and I'm lazy. Anyway, uh, this is not a replacement for therapy. Uh, I am not a therapist. I do see a therapist twice a week, but I'm not a therapist. So, um, yeah, I just want you to know that. That being said, I'm going to go to the feelings wheel. Um, and I feel... I still feel astonished just for a different reason. I feel astonished that uh, we had we were rolling into such a great conversation and I forgot to hit record. So uh, <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the person with who I've been having the conversation with, his name is Will Blackwell. So Will's going to give us his feeling and then he's going to introduce himself. Um, hello, everyone. I would, would like to say that uh, I started out this conversation pleased, a little bit delighted, perhaps jovial. And now I've moved from the from the green portion of the wheel more towards the blue, towards surprise and sadness. Uh, I feel uh, I neglected. Uh, a little bit of shame. Sorry, it sounds like I'm laughing at <laughs> And quite honestly, I'm confused on how long we talked before we started recording. But it's all good. I'm happy to happy to be here, Joe. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, dude. Well, it's happy to be here. For those of y'all that want to be guests on the podcast, just know I'm a waste of time. No, I'm just. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, a pleasant pleasant conversation <laughs> with an old so pal. Introduce yourself to the people. Um. Well, I mean, most of you, you probably don't know who I am. I'm just a normal dude. I. Uh, I know Joe through through football. We were teammates at LSU, and God, we've even been talking since high school. So uh, I would say, ladies and gentlemen, Will for a Blackwell was an All American in college. You, 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 if you know, you know. Okay, back, back in the back in the good old days, I could play some ball, but now I'm a professional kid wrangler. There you go, and a husband. Okay, and I sell I sell knee and hip I sell knee and hip implants on the side. Nice. Yeah. So, so if you need some it. joints taken care of, you're in Baton Rouge, right? Uh, I'm back. I'm back in Monroe. Back in Monroe. Okay. So any, if you need some joints any, taken care any, of, you're in Monroe. Anybody 65 and older out there listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> After you're done being shocked, like <laughs> in Monroe, Louisiana, hit me up. I got you. Shoot. I mean, honestly, we talking about 65 or older, but and I mean, this is actually an even more interesting way to start the conversation. There are cats like our age that are getting joint replacements. You oh, know you mean? know Saran had one. No. Saran didn't have one yet? No, no, no. I didn't know. I, I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I thought you were oh, saying. Oh, you're like, saying, but you know he no, I, got, you. I was, I got you. No, I was making a joke, but it, 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 it didn't hit. Let me tell you, and then this it's is okay. a perfect opportunity. A symptom of autism is not being able to uh, perceive. What is that called? Um, sarcasm. Sarcasm? So, mm-hmm. Like sometimes people yeah. are sarcastic. Like even yeah, that, yeah. that, I mean, I mean that joke will qualify as sarcastic, yeah. but yeah. I was like, oh, really? He did? Well, you got to, <laughs> you know, I'll need to so send a letter say, and check and make sure he's okay. I didn't say all that. Well, but, so um, <laughs> now he's good. 
Um, but uh, yeah, that's it, man. I, I doubt there's a lot of 65 year olds listening to this podcast, but they should. So, so I do want to go into the you were. Oh wait, you're going out. Can you hear me? Okay. So I do want to go into what you were talking about. Uh, well, you weren't talking about the knee and hip replacement things, but as someone who has been injured before, since we're talking about mental health, what's that like mentally? No, that's not what that's not. No, it's not. Okay, I got you. Yo. The good news is I'm still recording. <laughs> oh, and he's out again. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we have technical difficulties. Um, I will say that I am using the web app. And Will is using the iOS platform app, I can tell, because I do all this in the virtual studio. I'm not saying iOS is dropping the ball, but fumble. Okay, sorry. Let's see if Will can come back. Let me try this. I'm trying to remove him and bring him back. So while we're trying to see if Will will come can come back, uh, <laughs> I will talk about injuries from my own point of view um, as far as, like, you know, affecting your mental health. I did used to play uh, professional football. Um, and, of course, I played with Will. I started playing football late, like late teens, you know, like 15, something like that. And, uh, I, you know, because I started playing so late, I'm doing late in air quotes, because I started playing so late, I – was able to avoid like a lot of those because a lot of cats that play in the NFL, they've been playing since they were like four. Um, so I was able to avoid a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of bad technique that you learn at young ages and that kind of thing. I say that to say I did not, I hadn't been injured until I got injured in college once, but it didn't cause me to miss a game. I didn't have like a severe injury that caused me to miss a game until uh, I got to the NFL. That was like my first time missing a game. I didn't know how to handle it. It murdered my mental health. Just murdered it. Yo. Wow, you came back right on time. Hey. I gave I'm I will. gave a funny speech. Oh no 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 no. We still rolling. I gave a funny uh I talked about like, you know, a little bit about how um because I was asking you about how being injured is, uh, you know, affects your mental health. And I was talking about like my first time being like hurt, hurt was in, was in the league. And I didn't know how to, I had never been injured like that before. I didn't know how to, you know, I don't know. Like coming back from that injury was very difficult mentally, but at the same time it was easy physically, but I am thankful that I didn't have like a ton of injuries when I played. Yeah. Um, I guess you got hurt in the pros. Huh? You didn't, would you, did you get hurt in LSU? I got hurt, but I still played. I know you had the hamstring. You had like the hamstring going on, but um, yeah, dude, I, I got uh, I broke my leg actually. Um, twenty ten, first play, Carolina game, first play, first start, first wow. game, and then really gets tackled on me. Um, it's funny. That's how I, I didn't broke handle my leg. it well. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's like me, you, T-Bob, and somebody else. So it was like four or five of us that all had the same exact – it's like the classic offensive line injury, just getting your big legs in the way. But uh, I didn't handle that either at all. Well, at all. They uh, – shit, they started to tell me, I guess it was like, you know, probably like a 12-week ordeal where I was like – took that long to get recovered to where I could walk. Mm-hmm. And like – Four or five weeks in, they were like, we're not taking you to class anymore. You're going to have to, like, crutch to class, basically. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. So, you know, I ended up not going to class, which, you know, I thought it was thought it was whatever because I'm playing football. Like, you know, they're, from they're football, giving me a hard time about it. Right. And they're giving me a hard time about it, but, like, nobody's really getting me in trouble. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from then, you know, you just develop bad habits. But – Shoot, man, 19, 20 years old, you can get yourself into anything you want to down there. Especially when everybody else is at practice and you're not. That's true. Um, so let's talk about the nightlife. No, I'm just <laughs> speaking yeah. of that, though, I will ask you this. Um, Where would you like to begin? What was it like being like, because, you know, I'm, I'm asking like questions that people always ask me, too, because I know they want to know these things. Yeah. What was it like just, you know, being a student athlete in college? I liked it, man. I, I had a good time. But like you said, I came from I came from a place in Louisiana. I'm from West Monroe, Louisiana. And those of you that don't know, it's just like Friday night lights. Like town shuts down. Everybody loves the school. All that matters is football. Well, not all that matters, but it's a huge deal. Um, so like I said earlier, dude, when I got down to LSU – I was just thrilled to be there. I was like, man, this is this is everything I wanted it to be. I'm playing college ball, blah, 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 blah. You know, um, we got all kind of new friends, all kind of new people. This is great. And then, you know, you work out with Coach Moffitt the first time, and you're like, oh, shit. This is, this is, this is a real job. Yeah. Like, I signed up for a job. This ain't, this ain't playing high school football or little league football with my boys. Like, this is work. For those of you that don't know, Coach Moffitt was our strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, he's 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 one of the one of the legends in, in the college football world too. He, uh, I'll never forget, dude. First day, I, I finished like three inches before the line on one of our drills, and just as a full disclosure, <laughs> Coach Moffitt didn't like it when you didn't finish all the way through the line. <laughs> so. I figured out real real quick the wrath of a, a college strength coach. And shout out to Coach Moffitt. Uh, if it, he was one of the, probably one of the better things that we had going down there. But yeah, dude, it 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 was from uh, glitzy, glitzy and glamorous, like straight to like, oh my god, what am I doing in one day? I dig that. Would you say because you were talking about how big of a deal football was in your in your uh, town? So when I got to high, when I got to college, I didn't realize that like people came from like I didn't realize West Monroe's and things like that existed. You know, yeah, yeah. Would you say that it was a step down for you, like your experience um, as a college? Uh, coaching wise, yes. Okay. Now um, you you've probably had a lot more football coaches than I have since then, so you can probably speak on that a little more technically. Oh, I can agree with you, but. <laughs> but our position coach and our head coach and a lot of our other coaches really didn't know what they were doing. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, when I came from West Monroe, they considered it a pipeline. Mm-hmm. We had like 
six, eight, ten guys from there, and they'd all done really well. One of them is Andrew Whitworth. For people who listen, know a little bit about football. He's uh, he's the goat left tackle, and he's uh, he's from West Monroe. So shout out to Andrew he's probably, What six or eight years older, so he was always like the guy, the idol. Everybody wanted to be like Whitworth. Um, but with that, we had a bunch of good coaches. Like all my high school coaches had coached in college and uh, had been in the game for like 30, 40 years. And so we were good, man. We were technically sound. We 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 knew everything we needed to know about football. And then we got to LSU and it's like, Coach, you don't know this? And this is a great opportunity I, I, for those of y'all that think that everybody at the top knows what's going on, just like at any other job. Anything. Yeah, not everyone at the top knows what they're doing, you know? No, and, and so you said it best. I mean, I kind of felt like, um, especially playing defensive line. And, and that's that's another unique thing that you and I have in common is mm-hmm. um, being recruited as a big defensive lineman and then moving over to offensive line. Mm-hmm. Whenever I got there and Marlon Favory kept making fun of Coach Lane, I was like, <laughs> dude, what is going know, on Coach out Lane here? Lane was a police officer before he was a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shout out to Coach Lane. Like, Coach Lane recruited No, shout out to – no, that's disrespect to police officers, bro. <laughs> he wouldn't – he was <laughs> – he was on the he was on the desk. He wouldn't he wouldn't ride no patrol or nothing. <laughs> he was at the desk. Well, he worked somewhere in the law enforcement department. The, the best best coach Lane story is um so you know, we had this indoor practice facility and they had the new turf in there. Well, from goal line to goal line, so that whole hundred yards was, was just like green fake turf. Um, and anybody who's seen like, you know, fake turf, it's the same old stuff with the rubber pellets. Well, we used to practice on this thing whenever it got high, whenever it was raining or whatever. So Fave, Marlon, Marlon favorite was one of the guys that would always give coach Lane a hard time. Well, we used to do a couple of drills in the end zone. The end zones were yellow. So the turf looked different. Well, Fave had a couple of reps where he, you know, was being lazy or didn't even really try hard, so he fell down. And Coach Lane was just railing him, just getting on him, just like calling him every name in the book. And and Fave was like, Coach Lane, you know we on that uh, – you know, Fave's from New Orleans, so he's got that thick accent. I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> I, I do want to rib him later, but he, he, he convinced Coach Lane that the yellow – Fake turf was more was slippery was more slippery than the green fake turf. So, but that's why I had to back away from the mic as soon as you said like we were in the indoor. I'm like oh, I forgot about that. Oh, my. so we always had to hog up the uh, the end of the field. Man, Coach Pelini and them used to get so pissed because we would never go in the end zone. We'd always be in the way of Pascal because Coach Lane. Did not want anybody get slipping and get hurt on that yellow turf. Let's be honest, dog. Up until actual game day, no one cares about the line. Like <laughs> nobody cares. No, we're worried about nobody cares about the line and coverage. Yeah, and uh, and two minute drill, which we don't ever run. Oh. Nobody worries about an offensive line until like there's no rushing yards yeah. or there's 15 sacks. And I'm like, oh, these guys suck. They haven't been doing late. anything. Yeah, and then, you know, what are you going to do? Of course, you know, we uh, – I think we got the short end of the stick in terms of uh, fundamentals at that position as well. That's so, real. You know, and but the thing about that, Joe, and 
I always tell people this, dude. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but everybody, 99% of the people on our team, we all got along. We all cared about each other. And I, I think that's why we were good. I mean, we had a bunch of ballers, a bunch of guys that are still playing in the NFL, but uh, all in all, we kind of overcame that handcuff because we, because we, because we cared and we wanted to play, we wanted to play for each other. And we weren't, we weren't cared about getting NIL deals and all this other crap. We just want to win. That's true. You think that's going to divide teams? Because have, have we talked about that? No, I, we haven't talked about that yet. We we touched on it. I think it could divide teams. I think if you're if you're if you're a smart coach and you're in a good program and you know what you're doing, then then you can make it work for everybody. Like there's a couple of places that are putting together collectives and and different deals to where you know the big dogs are still going to make money, but the, the little guys are still going to get a little cut. Cool. So I kind of I kind of think you know like you. Saban's not going to let that mess up his team. That's true. You know, like everybody's going to get paid over there. Probably Kirby Smart, places like Mm -hmm. that. But, you know, I don't know, man. It's it's a mess. Speaking of coaches in football, how do you – so the new – I don't know because, you know, I'm out the loop on the sports stuff. Yeah. I know that LSU has a new coach, and I know that he fired everybody. How do you feel about these things? (laughs) 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 Well – The only, the only, <laughs> the only thing that I can really say about Brian Kelly is that I think he is what they wanted Les Miles to be, okay. and I mean that, like, he seems like the smart, business-minded, like, borderline politician type that can go into any room and say, oh, for instance, I don't know if you saw the the thing where he spoke at the basketball game and had the accent and like. Everybody outside of LSU was railing on him, but all the fans that were there were like, no, it didn't sound weird. So he can go into that crowd. He can go into, you know, meet with the governor or whoever he needs to and um, put on a good face. You're making this man sound like a supervillain, but I'm listening, though. Hey, but that's what you need. What is Satan? You need Lex Luthor? Yes, exactly. Lex, uh, you know, Lex might be Lex might be a little aggressive. I don't think Brian Kelly is that aggressive. I'm, I'm just saying, like everything like, that you used to describe him just now, I'm like, this man is describing Lex Luthor. But he also, but he's also been at, at Notre Dame, which is traditionally a, a good program. You know, they're, they're very strenuous academics. So mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to write the ship, dude. I really do. Everything I've heard is they say that he's the real deal. He doesn't put up with any shit. And look, I, I I expected him to fire everybody. You know, when you hire a, a big name like that, mm-hmm. that dude's been working his whole life. He's got his people too. Mm-hmm. So, and that's a stressful job I'm coaching, sure they y'all. It's like dude, that, your job is your job is based on what everyone else around you does. You know what I mean? And you're and what eighteen and twenty one year old kids do, which is that's a lot of the reason why. I, I mean, I had an opportunity to go. Coach, when I got done, Joe, and I was like, dude, I can't, I can't, I can't put my future and like all this time into, into other kids. Cause you never know what's going to happen. But bro, I was just upstairs know, with also, my daughters. Cause they're taking piano lessons and they're doing, Oh, I was trying to work with them through, I have no patience. I was trying to work with them through like Mary had a little lamb and I was like, mm. all right, I'm gonna let y'all teach your handle this. I'm gonna get out of here. Like I couldn't imagine it was five <laughs> minutes. Maybe. I couldn't imagine being a coach. Like, nah. no, dude. And then, and then you got you know you got somebody like me who's out there who's hard headed, and I'm like, 
you know, I don't want to put up with anybody's shit. And so I back talk or whatever it is. Like, I, I, it's stressful enough to like be a provider. And then with all that stress and attention on top of it, it just seems like a miserable job. Plus they're, I mean, they're gone from home, you know, yeah, 70% be. of the year. Yeah. Coaches, coaches, mental health is not the best ever. <laughs> like, no, but that's why they make, that's why they make what they make. You know, it's, it's all a trade off, I guess. Yeah. So, and you were uh, talking about it earlier, just talking back and that kind of thing. How do you, do you think, first of all, because you're, you're the first, uh, like, college athlete that I've, actually, I think you're the first athlete on this. Yeah, you're the first athlete, period. Congratulations. Yeah, cool. Um, yes, thank you. We'll be sending you some in the mail. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now like a hold on let me go back to this let me go back to this emotions wheel because I don't know how to feel about that <laughs> so talk a little oh, bit about like how on on average because it's never all but like talk about how some of the coaches talk to players um, and then how did coaches talking to you in college you know affect like your mental health yeah. in high school well so I've probably been not mentally unstable for a long time. And I, I mean, since we're getting it all out there, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a child of uh, divorce. My parents kind of had a, a weird divorce when I was growing up. And so um, my mom's dad, my grandfather, who was eventually my football coach, kind of ended up raising me. But um, he's very old school. You know, he, he was born in the 40s, coached through the 60s and 70s. So it's like almost Junction City boys time. Okay. So by the time I got to high school, he was he was harder on me and made examples of me, right? Because we they never wanted to be this whole, oh, that's that's Will's grandpa, that's why he's playing, or mm-hmm. they're soft on Will. So he had to make sure, without a doubt, that he was harder on me, right? So he would he would he would cuss me in practice, and then I would ride home with him in the car, and he'd be like. You, you know I love you, right? And I'd be like, no, no, you don't. You don't love me. You say I suck at football, you know, as a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I get to LSU, I mean, you know, the first couple of years, it was different for you. You kind of played early. But as a red shirt, you're just kind of kind of sitting there and, you know, nobody's really, nobody's really talking to mm-hmm. you. And, and you start to realize that um, it is – it is uh, or it was – kind of an old person's game. It was one of those deals where if they were yelling at you and they were kind of riding your ass, most of the time it was because they thought a lot of you and they wanted to get more out of you. Now, they didn't always go about it the right way, but the older you get, the more time you spend there, you start to realize if guys aren't yelling at you and guys aren't, you know, saying things to you, then you're probably not an important part of the team. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I never felt that way. Well, see, but that's – that's because you didn't have people at Cast Tech telling you you look like Tarzan and play like Jane. Yeah, I did. Definitely when your grandpa was saying, you know, so I'm like used to that. No, I'm I like, had Cast at Cast. I need somebody to motivate. No, Cast at Cast were on my ass. Like, let's not get it twisted. I mean, I cried in front of my dad for the one and only time in my life because I got kicked out of this defensive huddle in high school. Anyway. Oh, Joe. And my dad just looked at me like, what do you want me to do? Suck that shit up. <laughs> like, you, I may as well have had like three children crawling out of my ears. Like, you just look like those tears. I don't have a dad. What? What? I know you're not crying. Yeah, like right what? Now. It's not raining, is it? But, no. <laughs> but you make. I mean, you make a good point. Like, 
you never know what what background somebody's from or like what they can handle. So it takes it takes a good coach to be able to know, you know, should I motivate this kid or should I be a little easier on this other kid? You know, does this guy does this guy like to be yelled at? What I needed somebody pushing me, dude. I needed somebody saying, "Will you suck?" Because I'd be out there and, and and be like, "Oh, really? I do. All right. Well, let me go get three sacks real quick." So, so you think the negative reinforcement was, is uh, your preferred method? Uh, I think it was. Okay. I think it was definitely. Now as a as a grown man, I God man, it's so much different to look back at it. And, I, and like I said, I think you need a specific individualized approach, and that's what you see with the good coaches. Mm-hmm. They realize what they got to do. Now, the bad coaches are just gonna do what they do. I had more of an issue with like. I never felt like the team and the staff were like one group. Mm-hmm. I always felt like the staff kind of always kept themselves separate or like they always had their own like agenda. And then like we were the team and that, I, that's what I didn't, I didn't like. Cause like, you know how it is stud and stud would tell us, Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get out to practice and like, we didn't do any of that or it was the opposite of what he said. And they're like, what's going on? Like, why are you, what's, where's the disconnect? And I don't think we ever really figured that out. Yeah. And that was, that was probably more aggravating for me than being berated verbally. I can dig that. I don't think I've talked to a college coach. I've had since college, <laughs> except for Lunda. Dude, I haven't either. Um, uh, which, you know, I always kind of thought that that was weird that I never, Never heard from anybody or never really talked to anybody, but I get it. I mean, shit, we got 100 guys. They got to move in and out. It's a, it's a job for them, right? Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you a personal question. You can feel free not to answer Go if ahead. you want to. It's twofold. To. So you were talking about your divorce earlier. I mean, you were talking about your parents' divorce earlier. Did you have yep. a relationship with your dad? And then do you think that you subconsciously were looking for father figures and coaches? So... Great question. Um, yes, I would like to say that yes, I probably was looking for a father figure, especially at that time. Being, um, you know, how it is being eighteen and moving away from mm-hmm. home. Of course, I wasn't half as far as you were, but hey, far as far. Um, yeah, man, I I didn't have a relationship with my father. My uh, my father went to prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in first grade and didn't really talk to him until he got out like 11th grade. And then, you know, how it goes the classic story, like contact, no contact, contact, no, no contact. Mm And, uh, eventually I got to a point where I kind of broke it off, but, uh, yes, I think that, uh, and nobody's ever posed that question to me. And it makes me think a lot that, um, Maybe I, I did need or, or, or long for a little bit more of a um, fatherly type connection in those guys. Now, whether they provided it or not, that's a that's a different conversation. Sure. But uh, yeah, as far as God, as far as mental health goes, dude, you're 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 opening my eyes on that one because, uh, like I said, I, I've never thought about it that way. I've, I dig that. It's funny. I was talking to my therapist about that. Uh, this, I mean, this was a couple years ago now, but we got to that like because i would get like emotional when i would start repeating things that coaches said to me and she's like why did that affect you yeah. so much and i'm like i guess i was looking for a dad you know 
Um, and you know, uh, a lot of times guys that, that are, uh, playing college football that were in our position kind of come from similar backgrounds. So I, I don't know that that's not like a overall like trope or, or I don't even know, like theme of a lot of student athletes. No, no, everybody's family's different, but I know that I could name probably a dozen or 15 guys that we play with that all had, you know, similar thoughts about it. I can name one dude like that I've ever played with in my life that I don't think was looking for like any kind of like fatherly validation. And I've met his dad too. And like, he's, he's got a great family. Yeah. His name's Barrett. Jones. Yeah. And that's, but that's the one person uh, in all of the football I've played, like all yeah. the hundreds of yeah. people I've I mean, played with. <clears throat> And it's uh, it's definitely something to to think about it because it is so, it is such a uh, masculine. Every single facet of it is just like the most old school masculine ideal, um, and so it kind of makes sense too that it would be weird for guys coming into that situation looking for that and kind of knowing in the back of your mind that you're not really going to find mm-hmm. that. But then again. Yeah, some guys do, and I think that's what makes a great coach. Yeah, of course, that goes back to our earlier conversation of like, I wouldn't necessarily want to be a coach because it's hard enough trying to have that that relationship or, or having a great relationship with your own kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were talking about it off air. I mean, <clears throat> they're little shits. We're impatient. We're, we are impatient. They they do all all kind of things. So it takes it, it takes a lot of energy to just to be a good parent. Mm-hmm. And I love it, but I don't think that I could be a parent to anybody else. So I I, I commend those guys. And like it, that, like you said, it's a freaking hard job, and I I could never do it. All right, one more personal question, and then, and then yeah, I, hit me, and then we can start to wind it down. When it comes, because you you keep bringing up these things, and I keep thinking, okay. When it comes to parenting, how would you say that parenting has changed you? <sighs> how has it changed me? Um, hey, baby, daddy's daddy's talking about you right now. <laughs> find mommy. Okay. Um, it's it's it, it. We know one thing is. I think it's kind of made me. <clears throat> it's made me stop looking for or, or maybe longer for that fatherly connection, you know, that we mm-hmm. talked about because I don't have, I don't have time to worry about that. I don't, I don't have the, the focus to be thinking, man, I wish I, I wish I had a good dad or I wish I, you know, I wish I knew what my dad was doing because I don't want my kids to ever have to think about any of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, that's something that's weird for me. I've known from a young age that I want to be a parent dude, just, just because if nothing else, I, I, I wanted to prove to my own dad that it could be done. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not, I mean, it's hard, but it's like, it's not undoable. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm here every day. So like, I think that was a lot of the drive for me to want to have kids, but. And kudos um, to you for doing it. It's that. made me, like you said, that's not easy, man, you know, and not, a, no, we know. shout out to all parents. Yeah. Right. Shout out to the dads. You, we all know. We, Cause yeah. we all know the moms when mother's day comes around, but when father's day comes, Shout out to all the good dads. Okay, you know what? You're right. Shout out to all the good parents, but dads in particular. Shout out to the good parents. Yes, know. yes. The, uh, there's a, you know, like it's like, it's like I told uh, my wife. She'll she'll always be their mother. Like if nothing else, 
that came out of her body. They have to all they have to respect that. Like every every person that's born respects the fact that what their mother went through to get them here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a little bit tougher sometimes for uh, dads to have to cement their spot and and kind of like elevate themselves to that level of mom, right? Because I don't know everything. We can talk about the the patriarchal nature of our society, but we all know that uh, the women hold the keys. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the ladies. It's a shout out to the ladies always. Shout out to the ladies. And with that, we'd like to take it down a notch and cut on this record. I'm just because <laughs> <laughs> it's just dim the lights. <laughs> Is that a candle? <laughs> what in the hell is going on in this podcast? I was about to crack a Bill Cosby. Fuck, it's my podcast. I was going to say, like, um, are, you, yeah. are you drugging drinks? Okay, anyway. Um, um, I've got my top on my drink just so you can't do nice. that. You can't virtually drug nice. me. Is there... Um, okay, okay. This is the real last personal question. And then we can, and then we right. can wind it down. What advice... Would you today, like if you were on LSU's campus and then Will Blackwell, the 18-year-old who just got there and y'all were walking past each other, what would you say to him? Um, I would say, number one, this is probably going to be, if not the, one of the most, one of the most exciting times of your life. So number one, enjoy that shit because you ain't going to be 18, 19, 20, 21 years old ever again with the worries that you have then. Um, Two, I would tell myself probably to focus more on school. I know that's such a cliche and everybody's like, oh, if I could go back, I would do better in my school. But like, it really wasn't that hard to just exert some more energy, you know, just probably could have taken a little bit more time to do that. But um, more importantly, I (laughs) tried to convince myself that I wasn't going to be an NFL star. (laughs) <laughs> maybe I should, uh, you know, make a few more connections. I think that for me, especially Joe, growing up the way I did, I grew up in the in the football bubble, mm-hmm. and I never really, I never, never got out of that bubble until I was done playing. It was kind of a shock to be like, oh my god, there's people out there that all they care about is cooking, or all they care about is gardening, or all they care about Kimbucha. is arts or kombucha gross i don't think there's anybody that only cares about that california or or veganism or whatever um i didn't know i didn't know about any of that stuff dude it was all football from day one so uh i I wish that uh, of course now i consider myself cultured or whatever open-minded but i wish that back then i would have um i would have i would somebody would have opened my eyes up to a little bit more of what's out there i dig that it's a big world, dude. It's a big world. And shout out to the growth. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people, <laughs> and, you know, I think, you know, we've seen these people. There's a lot of people that still live in that football bubble, even when they're done. Like, Yeah, you know. man. Well, and, 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 you know, that is what it is. But um, I, I I get inspiration from, from, from you and from my other teammates that have, have gone on to do other things outside of football. And, uh, but another thing about that is, I'll always be proud to say that I did that because of the relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> dude, if I, <laughs> it's kind of weird. If I think back on it, one of my favorite memories of all time playing at LSU was when me, you and T-Bob and Josh downloaded 
Kid Cudi, um, Man on the Moon, Volume Two. We Cudi. sat in that meeting room in Dallas, and we just like fucking jammed out to Kid Cudi, dude. And I was, and that, and when when us four went to Scott Pilgrim, when we went and saw Scott Pilgrim. Shout out to Kid and Cudi like, and Scott Pilgrim. Shout out to uh, uh, Michael Michael Sarah. Shout out to Michael Sarah. Uh, I would with, love to have with him, Michael Kid Cudi and Michael Sarah on this podcast one day. Hey, if anyone's listening, that would. You know, <laughs> yo, yo, Scott, yo, Scott, if you're listening, <laughs> get on here. You should come on here. The comfort zone. Actually, he would, he would probably, if there's any way you could ever get him on there, he would be a great, be a great yes. guest. He's, he's all in tune to the mental health too, yeah. man. He, he's, he speaks about that a lot, but yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm proud of the relationships and, and of the people that I played with. And I'm very thankful to have had that opportunity. And I also want to come back to Austin and chill with you and watch one of your shows. Bro. There you go. And since you brought it up, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a comedy show coming up. No, <laughs> I promote that. Well, I, that's a perfect segue. I, yeah, you should. I have Moonbeam Comedy. I don't know when this episode is dropping. That's why. But, okay, I'm guessing it, well, it's got to drop before. Look, is it the last Thursday of the whenever month? Whenever it drops. It is the last Thursday of the month in Pflugerville. It's always the last Thursday of the month in Pflugerville, no matter when this drops. Be there. Um, be there. Be square. And yeah, I post about it on my social media. Will, do you got any social handles or anything you want to leave the people with? Man, just uh, just on the Twitter at Willie B sixty. But you know, usually it's uh, some trolling going on. I'm I consider myself a critic. There you so, go. Um, that's that's not the real me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we were able to interview the will, the real Will Blackwell, because apparently the fake was on social media. <laughs> oh yeah for sure you already know that well thank you so, um, thank you so much for coming on the show man i appreciate it dude um it was great talking to you um good to see you too i know this is an audio podcast but you're looking good bro proud of you same man. to you man all right all right ladies and thanks joe oh thank you peace out peace ladies and gentlemen that's been will blackwell this has been the comfort zone and i will catch y'all on the next one peace Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.